0: to the measure of our time? How can we ever venture into what is unknown when we are incapable of the smallest change on our own? Looking back over the span of our lives we can see the marks that testify to how far we've come how much we've grown how much of his grace we have been shown The marks of maturity on our lives. The evidence of the work of Christ. The seed that he has planted in our heart. The Lord has also watered and will refine every part. It is his intention to give it growth. Until it comes to fruition, he has sealed it with his oath. That he who began this good work in you we'll see it through. In this lies our hope, not in what we do. But we do not grow alone. Our roots are intertwined, one with another, so that your strength is mine. While we wait in expectation, no growth can be seen. The tender shoots that so quickly spring up must grow strong, lest they remain frail and green. Would we be overwhelmed by perils in store that His timing seeks to prepare us for? Let us endure our trials with patience, for it's in His goodness that we trust and hold fast to our commitment, resting in His faithfulness to us. His goal is for our good. On this our assurance falls that He who began this good work Will surely make it grow tall.
1: That poem asked a good question, didn't it? How do we grow? How do we grow? How do we grow in our Christian faith? How do we grow in Love toward other people, especially when some of those other people aren't all that lovable. How do we grow to be more like Jesus in how we live out our daily Christian life? How do we grow as individual followers of Jesus Christ? And how do we grow as a church? How do we grow in our shared mission here at Shepherd of the Desert of leading people to follow Jesus? Well, today's message is going to emphasize the first step toward growing, and that is growing deeper. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made us your children by your grace. And you call us, Lord, to continue to grow in our Christian walk with you. Help us to see, Lord, today the importance of first growing deeper. In the love of Christ, in his name we pray. Amen. I love this image of the tree and its roots. You know, when you look at a tree, you just see what's above ground, and you can't really fully appreciate what's happening under the ground. But that tree's root system, of course, is is vital to that tree's survival. Through those roots comes the nutrients and, and the water and minerals and things that keep that tree Not only alive, but productive. Well, friends, you and I are a lot like those trees in that we, too, need to grow deeper. We need to be rooted. We need to be rooted in the good soil of Jesus Christ and His love for us. I know this is kickoff Sunday for a a, a football And this is the beginning of football season, but please pardon me for borrowing an illustration from the realm of college basketball for just a moment. Uh, One of the, arguably one of the greatest college basketball coaches was the late John Wooden. I love this quote from Coach Wooden. He said, when I graduated from our little three-room grade school in Centerton, Indiana, I got dressed up in clean overalls for the big event. My dad gave me something that day that would shape my entire life, my work, my marriage, my goals, my philosophy. It was a card on which he had written a few guidelines. I still carry it with me. On one side of the card, dad had written out his creed. At the top of the paper, it said, seven things to do. Here are the seven things. Number one, be true to yourself. Number two, help others. Number three, make each day your masterpiece. Number four, I'm going to say for just a minute. I'll come back to number four. Number five is make friendship a fine art. Number six, build a shelter against a rainy day. And number seven, pray for guidance and give thanks for your blessings every day. And the one I skipped right in the middle, number four, reads this way. Drink deeply from good books especially the Bible. Coach John Wooden was was very open about his Christian faith and open to say that he relied upon God and his word. Coach Wooden's life was rooted in the good soil of Jesus Christ and his love for him. And he's in heaven with his Savior today because of that. Drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. The Bible, of course, is God's message to us. Now, it's a twofold message, to be sure. It's, first of all, a message of law. It lays out God's expectations of us, which show us our faults when we don't live up to God's expectations. But the second part of God's message is the primary message, and that is the good news, that God, in His love and mercy, came down into this world Himself to deal with the problem of our failings. That God took on a human body and took your place in mine when he died on a cross. That he took the punishment for your sins and mine. That God, given the name Jesus, accomplished your salvation and mine. That through faith in him we know we are not only forgiven, but we are on our way to heaven as a gift from from him. That gospel message, friends, is the good soil that our lives need to be rooted in deeply every day. All three of uh, today's scripture readings, if you were paying attention, uh, used an agricultural reference or metaphor. And the imagery talked about something being planted and then that same thing growing. This morning I want us to talk about what it means to grow deeper, And to draw from these scripture readings lessons on growing deeper in the love of Christ. We look first of all at a portion of that epistle lesson for today from Ephesians 3, which is actually a prayer that St. Paul offers to the Lord. And he writes these words to the Ephesians. He says, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, now catch this, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What are the results? What are the results of growing deeper In the love of Christ. Well, the first result of growing deeper is that God's love fills you up full. God's love fills you. I'm sure those of you who drive can appreciate the importance of keeping your tank filled on your vehicle. And whether it's a gasoline powered vehicle, or diesel vehicle, or an electric vehicle, you need to have the fuel regularly re. Uh, refilled, right? You need that tank filled up again and again because a vehicle isn't much good if it's without any fuel. You're not going to go very far. You need your fuel tank filled up. Well, likewise too, friends, we all have what I might call a spiritual fuel tank. And it needs to be filled up. And specifically, it needs to be filled with the fuel of God's love in Jesus Christ. Very often, you know, we, we go through our daily living and, and, and we live a, a kind of on the edge, you know. It's like we're, we're almost running on empty. Thinking that, you know, we can do all of this by our own power. But God would invite us to see the importance of refueling Regularly refueling with the love of Jesus Christ because it's only by the power of His love that we're able to do anything of significance for the sake of the kingdom of God. We need to fill up regularly. Let me ask you, are you running on empty? If so, we all need to heed the exhortation to fuel up at the places where God provides fuel in His Word, in the sacrament of communion, as we daily remind ourselves of the meaning of our baptism. In the Word and the sacraments, God the Holy Spirit is there ready to fill us full because the sacraments and the Word remind us of the meaning of the Scriptures that Jesus Christ loves us enough to give His life for us. And it's in the Word and the sacraments that our love tank gets filled up on a daily basis. You know, when we grow deeper in the love of Christ... God fills us up with that same love. And he does that so we can be more effective in the things that we do for his cause. A second result of growing deeper in the love of Christ is that God's love then sustains you when the heat comes. God's love sustains you when the heat comes. The illustration comes out pretty clearly in a couple of Bible passages. First of all, Psalm chapter 1 says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like, catch this illustration, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers like a tree planted by a stream you see even when it's hot out that that tree thrives because it's being nourished by the stream waters that's what jeremiah was talking about in that old testament lesson for today when he said something similar he said he will be that is the godly person will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream it does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green it has no worries in a year of drought And never fails to bear fruit. I came across this beautiful image of a tree in the desert. That tree wouldn't survive very long if it weren't near the water source. But look how beautiful that tree is, right there in the the starkness of the desert, because it's planted right by that beautiful stream of fresh water, it thrives. Likewise, too, friends. The result of growing deeper in the love of Christ is that God's love sustains us when the days of heat come, and the heat comes in a variety of ways, doesn't it? We all experience different kinds of heat, so to speak, types of adversity. Yes, even we who are Christians are not above experiencing hardship and adversity, for we too live in this same fallen world with everybody else. Stress adds to the heat of our day. Illness, financial setbacks, relationship problems, the loss of someone close to you. The heat comes in a variety of ways. Fifteen years ago today, our nation felt the heat pretty severely, did it not? Those were challenging times. And challenging times lay ahead. How do we survive? How do we thrive when the days of heat come? We need to be rooted in Jesus Christ and his love for us. We need to grow deeper in the love of Christ for his love is alone what will sustain us when those hot days come. A third result of growing deeper in the love of Christ is that God's love can then have a wider outreach impact as we each grow deeper in our personal faith in Jesus as we as a congregation grow deeper in our faith in Jesus Christ we will then be able to have a more wide outreach impact into the world it's kind of what today's gospel lesson was about the parable of the sower the four seeds that fell on four different kinds of soil and only the fourth one thrived I'm reading from Matthew 13, 23, where Jesus provides an explanation of the parable. He says, But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. You see, the seed that's rooted in good soil grows and thrives and is productive. It's an illustration of people. People who, first of all, are rooted deep in the love of Jesus Christ, in the good soil of His grace. And as we are rooted in that good soil, you see, therefore now we are able to have a wider outreach impact into the world, 30, 60, 100 times as much. When Jesus commissioned His disciples, He gave them these words in Acts 1, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, what do you think those 11 guys were thinking? Remember, Judas was already dead. What do you think they're thinking? The ends of the earth? Really? There's 11 of us. And they got a 12th one to replace Judas, but 12 of us? What can we do? They turned the world upside down. And the world continues to be turned What the gospel. The power of God through the good news is indeed amazing. And he uses the likes of simple people like the disciples of old and the disciples of today, you and me, to have a gospel impact. But friends, we need to grow deeper so we can also then grow wider. Today we're kind of calling this our fall kickoff Sunday here at Shepherd of the Desert. Now that's not just a football reference even though we'll all be probably glued to our TV screens later on today. Um, this is a, a day to kick off our new program year. Uh, new ministries, new Bible studies, Sunday school, which is now an hour long during this worship time, the 9.30 hour. We also see this Sunday as an opportunity to cast a vision of where we are going as a congregation, as a church and school ministry here at Shepherd of the Desert. As you may or may not know, a number of months ago, we began a strategic planning process as a church and school ministry together. Started in the early part of the calendar year. Many of you participated in the process uh, by, first of all, filling out a survey in which we were seeking your input about strengths and weaknesses of the congregation and what we needed to do to improve our ministry and so on. Others of you participated in some input forums where you gave some insights about where we should be going as a congregation, as a ministry. A planning team took all of that and put that together in a strategic plan, which is still in process. We have more work to do, but over the course of these months, and especially through the summer, the planning team has been focusing very intently on trying to Uh, say, okay, what do we need to do specifically to move things forward? What you have in front of you on the screens here is our uh, strategic framework, which kind of lays out uh, where we're going in the near future here. The four uh, lines at the bottom serve as the foundational items for everything we do. And, of course, the foundation is God himself in Jesus Christ and the biblical teachings and our doctrine as Lutheran Christians that's foundational to everything we do secondly strong leadership and effective governments is is important as a foundation of uh, upon which we're going to build everything we do thirdly that we have a broad talented and engaged volunteer base that so many gifted people here in this congregation are willing to use their talents for the Lord and then fourth a fourth foundational element is that we provide a warm welcoming environment so that when guests come they feel this is a community in which they can connect. On that foundation, then, we identified four pillars of ministry that we need to focus on in the months ahead. Worship, faith development, service and outreach, and fellowship. Now, the items in green on your, on your chart are the ones that we decided to focus on first so we could be very specific and, and not get off track. So we started focusing on the faith development and fellowship as well as strengthening that aspect of our foundation, the leadership and governance model. In taking a look at all of these things, first of all, I want to thank you for your part in this whole process of strategic planning. It is so important for us as we share a common vision of where we're going. The the next slide shows a a bit of how we uh, intend to carry out that work philosophically and it starts with our mission our mission statement is very simple leading people to follow jesus but leading people to follow jesus uh, involves two elements that is that we want to grow both deeper and wider we want to grow deeper first of all to have deep relationships with god through faith development programs for all ages we want to help every one of our people children To uh, the aged, to grow in their faith, to become stronger and stronger in their faith in Jesus Christ. And then, secondly, we want to grow wider. We want to grow the congregation by leveraging the church, the preschool, and the day school to reach people who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. Deeper and wider. Deeper and wider. Both of them are necessary. And the Lord of the church calls us to grow both of those ways to grow deeper in our faith and wider in our outreach impact. It's really His kingdom's plan. But we also recognize the need for a growth-oriented leadership and a growth-oriented governance model. And so that, that element of the foundation that talks about governance is also an important one. The next slide is, is very complicated, I guess. It's probably more information than you want to see today, but I just want to highlight a couple things about this one. As we were taking a look at our governance and our structure, we recognized a need, a need for the pastors to essentially be freed up to do pastoral ministry, to focus on the preaching and the teaching and the pastoral care. And so we identified the need for another position, director of ministry support. This is a position that attends to the administrative details and the business, if you will, of running the operation of a congregation. And we've been blessed to have Mr. Doug Sanders volunteer to serve in this position for at least one year. And he's done a wonderful job of helping to organize things, to keep us focused on what really matters, and to to establish a structure that is effective for the sake of the gospel. The other thing about this chart, chart I want to point out is that it emphasizes that we're using a campus ministry approach. As you know, we have two campuses. We're one ministry on two campuses. And what this model is, is indicating is that Pastor Jeremy DePina is officially designated as the campus pastor of our Mountain View campus, just south of here. That means he'll be doing most of the preaching there. We'll see him less often over here, although you'll see him occasionally. And likewise, I have been designated as the campus pastor for the Shea campus. I'll be doing more of the preaching here, less over there, although occasionally visiting there. But the, the thinking is that as we concentrate on each campus and focus specifically on each campus, that will be more productive and effective. Always maintaining, however, that we are one ministry, not competing. We are one ministry on two campuses with the common mission of leading people to follow Jesus. As I lay out this vision, and as I close today, I want to close by issuing you some challenges. As your Shea campus pastor, I want to issue three challenges. By the way, I should mention, Pastor John Bjorgard is the director of ministries, and he oversees the whole thing. (laughs) Pastor Jeremy and I report to him. He's going to hold us accountable, and uh, we're blessed to have the leadership of Pastor John. But I want to issue a challenge to you who attend worship on this campus. Three challenges. Number one, I want to challenge all of us to make a personal commitment to growing deeper spiritually. Growing deeper spiritually. Paul wrote to the Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Think about what that means. Let the word of Christ, let the good news of Jesus take up residence in you so it's always there and alive, living in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How do you do that? I think it means devoting ourselves to regular, quiet, private devotion time. Setting some time aside out of your busy schedule to spend some time with God. In prayer, Bible reading, meditation. I want to challenge you to Bible study. Personal Bible study on your own. And then let me mention that we have some resources to help you with that. There's a resource center right in the conference room there with numerous Bible study materials to help you. We also have the Right Now Media available to us. That is more than 10,000 uh, video Bible studies at your fingertips on your computer. You can access 24 7. If you don't know how to do that, contact Brendan, the church office, and we'll get you hooked up to Right Now Media. Secondly, I want to challenge you, uh, within this, uh, this idea of growing deeper, I, I want you to consider a group Bible study, to find uh, some group that you can connect with in studying the Word together, and this faith development brochure outlines the current new Bible studies that are available on various days and nights of the week, because as we grow together in our faith walk, we grow stronger as a congregation, and I want you to be practicing worship, regularly to be regular in your worship life we've observed that there are some people who come to worship once a month or twice a month can i just challenge us all to increase that let's let's keep it simple can you increase your worship attendance by one sunday a month more than you're doing now one sunday a month more and let's see what that might do in terms of all of us growing more deep in our faith in jesus christ Writer to the Hebrews says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, in that movie, uh, video, you saw those big trees. Out in California, there's those giant sequoia trees. And sometimes you wonder, how do they not blow down? Those trees' roots intertwine with each other's. And a whole forest of those trees are intertwined. They hold each other up, if you will. They hold each other strong. And when the strong winds come, the trees don't blow over because they're intertwined in their roots. Worshiping together and studying the Bible together is kind of like that, friends. That we are intertwined in our faith walk with each other as a people of God here at Shepherd of the Desert. That's challenge number one. Make a personal commitment to growing deeper spiritually. My second challenge is to all of you who are leaders in this congregation, to set the example. I do believe God holds all of us in leadership to a higher level of expectation. And starting with us pastors, through all the leadership of the congregation, I want to challenge us all to be regular in Bible study, in some Bible study group, and in worship. It's important that we set the example. So whether you're a church staff person or a school staff person, if you're an elected leader, if you're a worship leader, if you serve on the board of elders, or if you're a a ministry team leader of some kind, I want to challenge you to set the example for everyone else. To be involved in Bible study and to be regular in your worship life, it's one way that we can encourage each other. The third challenge is this. Step into your ministry. Each and every one of us has a ministry by virtue of our baptism. Because at our baptism, we were called into service to the Lord. And each one of us is uniquely gifted to use those gifts from God for the sake of ministry. St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, God gave some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. In other words, our pastor's job... Partly is to equip the people for ministry. We want to equip you to discover your ministry and step into it so that you can live it out in a way that en- enhances the kingdom of God. I want to challenge you to step into your ministry. You know, after 9 11 15 years ago, there was a feeling that our nation was broken, we were certainly hurting. And at the time, our elected leaders were challenged to cast a vision of how we go forward as a nation after such a terrible tragedy. Well, the fact is, friends, our whole world is broken. Our whole world is hurting. And the answer to the brokenness is Jesus. And you and I have that answer. Here at Shepherd of the Desert, again, our mission is leading people to follow Jesus. And I want to challenge all of us to grow deeper so that we can grow wider. To catch the vision of growing deeper in our faith in Jesus so we can have a wider gospel outreach for the sake of the kingdom of God. May God help us do that for his sake. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.